So today's daf is Kaf Dalid in Pesachim. We are on Kaf Gimel Amud Bet. We're about 16 lines from the bottom of the uh, Amud and still on the same topic, essentially, uh, which is, does a prohibition of eating also include a prohibition of Hana'a, of enjoyment or benefit immediately? Oh, so you see the new setup. Very interesting on the Zoom. Um, so, uh, so we've already seen Rabbi Abahu and Chizkiah, and now we have a new, uh, a new approach here. It says, One of the rabbinical students who doesn't give us his name was sitting in front of Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani, and he said, in the name of Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, How do we know that all of the prohibitions in the Torah, that just like you're not allowed to eat, when it tells you not to eat something, it also means pro, it, a prohibition on benefit. And what particular things am I talking about? Only chametz b'pesach v'shor niskal. Right, only I'm only talking about chametz on Pesach and the ox that is stoned. And how do we know that? Because those are the only two cases where we didn't find some like exemption from the uh, uh, from the prohibition of benefit. So how do we know that in those two cases uh, <coughs> it will be it, prohibition on benefit will be included? So it says minayim. What do you mean? Where is it from? Tepuklemi lo yeachel. We already said that according to Chizkiah, at least whenever it's written lo yeachel. In what's called the nifal form, the passive form, it shall not be eaten. So that means whatever it says. Oh, thank you. I think I'm okay there. Lo yeachel means that also Hana'ah is included. So it says no. He doesn't believe in that. He says no. The reason why he still asked the question was because uh, He didn't agree with Chizkiah's interpretation that lo yeachel implies a prohibition of Hana'ah. He didn't agree with that. He said lo yeachel, lo yochal, lo tochal. Same thing. Okay. So therefore. So why don't we take the example of Nevelah? We said that was another possible derivation, that since the Torah had to go out of its way to tell you that you're allowed to benefit from Nevelah by giving it to the non-Jew, so therefore that shows you that in every other case you're not allowed to. Why doesn't he take that? Because, No, because Rabbi Yosho ben Levi is of the opinion, and that was, the student was quoting Rabbi Yosho ben Levi as the question, right? So the Gemara interrupts him and says, Why is he even asking the question? Why doesn't he learn it from Lo Yachil? He doesn't believe in that. Okay, why doesn't he learn it from Nevelah? No, he doesn't agree with that either. Why? Because he holds like Rabbi Yehuda. Remember, Rabbi Yehuda said that the reason why the Torah comes to tell you to give it to the non-Jew, to give it to the Gir Toshav, right? Or to give it to the, or to sell it to the idolater is because you can only do that. In other words, it's giving you a specific mandate to whom to give the meat. Okay, it's not making a general statement about what's permitted in benefit or not. It could be that all things are permitted in benefit. It's just that here you have to you have to dispose of it in a particular way. So he, he so he, therefore he doesn't learn from the villa. Okay. So then uh, if that's the case, so tepukle mechad so, right, so Isav, like Rabbi Yehuda, if he's going to hold like Rabbi Yehuda, that that's what it means by Nevelah, that it's not giving you a general, you can't infer from that, that, prohibi- that there's a prohibition of benefit every time there's a prohibition of eating. So then, So we already said that according to Rabbi Yehuda, where will he derive the idea that any prohibi- prohibited food is also prohibited in benefit? From Because it says that you should throw the trefat to the dog. Oto means it. Right? You don't need the extra word oto. Just say, tashlichun. You don't need the word oto. Oto means it. Only it can be thrown to the dog. So why don't we, meaning everything else is prohibited in benefit. So it says, oh, the, the answer is, because we already said that that pasuk is only available to teach us that 
other things are prohibited in benefit other than Trefah only if we don't use it for something else. And he uses it to teach the additional idea that Chulin Shenishchatu Ba'azara are not prohibited in, uh, in benefits. Uh, are prohibited rather in benefit, right? Meaning that it's Deoraita, that it is prohibited in benefit. That if you slaughter animals inside the Beit HaMikdash that were not Korbanot, that that meat is going to be prohibited in benefit. He learns that from Lekelef Tashlichun Oto that the Trefah is permitted in benefit, but the Chulin Shenishchatu Ba'azara are not. Okay, so therefore, he has no pasuk available to him. So basically, we're saying that Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi doesn't agree with Chizkiah's interpretation of Lo Yechel. And he doesn't, inter- he doesn't get it from Nevelah because he says that ne- with Nevelah, he interpreted it the way that Rabbi Yehuda did. And when it comes to Terefah, he interpreted it the way that the, the view that it's actually referring to Chulin uh, Shenishchatu Ba'azara, it's referring to uh, uh, when it says that only this can be thrown to the dogs, but nothing else, it was only referring to a specific case, which is the case of the animals that are slaughtered in the Beit HaMikdash but are not korbanot, they're not that, which is improper and therefore becomes asur bahana. That So therefore he has no derivation available to him. So that's why I said, Minayin, where can I get the idea from that all things that are prohibited in eating are also prohibited in benefits? Since I don't have any of these possibilities, so that now we can hear what he actually said finally, right? And then as he asked the question, the Gemara interrupted, why didn't he take this option? Why not this? Why not this? Okay, now we can hear what the man said, Minayin, Dikhtiv, it says, because the Pasuk says that any khatat that the blood was brought, el oil moed This is talking about khataot apnimiot. The khataot that go inside the Kodesh. See, most korbanot, 99%, let's say, of korbanot, are only offered, the complete offering is done outside the, what's called the hechal, outside of the roofed part of the Beit HaMikdash. It's in the Azara. The outer altar, that's where most things are done. However, there are some chataot, such as chatat tzibur, things that are uh, things that are done like helim davar shel tzibur. You have like certain chataot that are special chataot that the blood is actually brought into the kodesh, or in the case of Yom Kippur, kodesh akodashim, right? One or the other. But these go inside the actual hechal. This is not done on a daily basis. On a daily basis, you wouldn't have anything like that. But when you have chataot that are of a special kind. Um, like it calls it a parim anisrafim, osirim anisrafim. Like it says in Ezehu Mokoman Shazbachim, these are the burnt chataot, the chataot of the community. So these go; these are always burnt. Any the the rule is the Torah says any korban chatat that the blood isn't applied to the outer altar, because if it's applied to the outer altar, that's a regular chatat, regular korban chatat, right? The kohanim are allowed to eat the meat. So you know that's that's a chatat where the blood is on the outside. But if the blood goes in either to the uh, into the uh, paro- uh, up to the parochet, up to the curtain that separates the Kodesh from the Kodesh Kodeshim, or it actually goes into the Kodesh Kodeshim, of course. So in any of those cases, and those are very very limited number of cases, but in those cases, like where, the, where we learned in Masachat HaRayot, where the community, the Bet Din makes an error, the Bet Din Agadol makes an error and instructs everybody to do something wrong. You know, that's one of the rare cases where you bring a Chatat that goes in there, or the Kohen Gadol makes a wrong ruling and then and follows it. So then also he has to bring his uh, bring a korban that goes into the uh, into the Kodesh. These are burnt and not eaten, okay? The point is that they're not eaten and they're burnt. So the question is, So we already know, so the, the um, why does it have to say that it's burnt, that this type of korban is burnt? Okay, so that, that's the question. It's extra, because it says any korban chatat that the blood goes into the Kodesh, or the Kodesh or Kodeshim, obviously, it has to be burnt. Right? She'en Talmud Lomar Be'esh Tisaref. 
It doesn't have to say that. Why? Why does it say it has to be written? Since it's not necessary, because we already have a pasuk that tells us which is talking about the korban the korban chatat in the time of the dedication of the mizbeach. Okay, Rashi says b'sir nachshon. Okay, when that is the that is the case of the um, the seir chatat, and we re- we're reading it now uh, every single day, right? Before that, right, it That seir is the seir that is supposed to be burnt, right? So that, well, I mean, that's why, or actually it wouldn't normally be burnt, but it was burnt because Nadav and Avihu had died, right? That's why it says, Moshe Rabbeinu, what? Because that was the first, that was his day. Yeah, but that was his day, it was Rosh Kodesh, right? So, because he was the first what? Right, so it was the first day. So when they came, so when Moshe Rabbeinu came, he said he saw Vinei Saraf, it was burnt, and he said to them, but this is not a chatat that the blood goes into the Kodesh, so why did you burn it? And they said, oh, well, because Nadav and Avihu died today, we can't eat this korban chatat, because and even though they're allowed to bring it, they weren't allowed to eat it. So they explained it to Moshe Rabbeinu, right? And he said, okay. But the point is, he said, Vine, he said, this didn't go into the Kodesh, so why did you burn it? implying if it were a korban chatat that the blood went into the Kodesh, you would have burnt it and I wouldn't have asked a question. But from that, we already see that, the, that any chatat, that the blood goes into the Kodesh, has to be burnt. Because Moshe Rabbeinu said, if it had been that way, then you would have burnt it. I would have understood. Why are you burning it now? Right? Because it didn't go in. So we already know that any chatat, that the blood goes into the Kodesh, has to be burnt. So why do we need a pasuk that says, So it says, ah, Therefore, we're going to apply to all prohibitions of the Torah. Of course, the only two prohibitions that we actually have on our target here are chametz ben Pesach and the, and the ox. But okay. Right? And since we don't need it to apply to achilat for eating, so we're going to say that it refers to the prohibition of hana'ah. So the very interesting thing. This is a, a, a concept that the rabbis have of drashot that is maybe the most difficult one of all of them because I think most of the most of the drashot that they have you can make some logical sense okay hekesh they compare two words even gzerah shava a word used here a word used there maybe they're 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 connected but imeno inyan is a very difficult concept to understand because it's just like we take an extra pasuk and say oh well since it doesn't have any function here we'll just apply it somewhere else yeah but how do you know where to apply it how do you know what to apply so it's like, oh, you see that this chatat, because the blood goes into the Kodesh, therefore it has to be burnt. But we already knew that. So it must be that something, some item in the Torah that's prohibited to be eaten, right? And has to be burnt. Okay, but we didn't need to know it here. So we're going to apply it to all the other Isurim. And since we don't need to know that the other prohibited foods aren't allowed to be eaten, because that's self-explanatory, so therefore it must be coming to tell you that other things that are not allowed to be eaten are actually supposed to not be benefited from. Ah, so maybe you'll say maybe they should be burnt, right? After all, you're learning it from a pasuk about burning. So why don't you say that all things that are prohibited and benefit have to be burned? So Because says anything that's bakodesh, it's only things that are... Um, it, it's really that's a, a, the wrong uh, kama, kama in the sentence because really it is lechaper bakodesh lo yachil tisaref. Okay, but the point is that it's so it's it's like truncating the pasuk. It's making it shorter. But the point is it's talking about things bakodesh, right? It's talking about things bakodesh are burnt, but things that are not bakodesh that are not holy don't have to be right. Bakodesh Okay, so now what do we have? We say that because we have this random pasuk that says that chataot should be burned. And we don't need it for that. So we're going to say that it means that 
that prohibitions of the Torah need to be burned. Oh, but the prohibitions of the Torah don't need to be burned. Only korbanot. Okay, so it can't be that. So maybe it means that prohibitions of Torah can't be eaten. Well, we already know that also. So it must mean that prohibitions of the Torah can't be benefited from. That's uh, that's basically what the drasha is. Okay, so, so it only ne- comes with tradition. You cannot make up your own. Uh, I, I'm not so sure that that's true. But meino and yanda doesn't sound like it. You can do whatever you want. No, definitely not, but I, but I, I don't think it has to be a tradition. That's Zerah Shabbat they say about. Is that really true? That Bakodesh Ba'is Tesarev is coming to tell you that don't think that all prohibited things have to be burnt. Only Bakodesh has to be burnt. So it's high. Mi Ba'ele, look Rabbi Yishimon. We use it for something else. That that pasuk that says talks about burning korbanot, the chataot, that the blood goes into the uh, uh, into the kodesh. That's saying bakodesh to tell you that you actually burn it on the premises of the Bet Hamikdash. That's the point. That it has to be Bakodesh. You have to burn it inside the place where normally a chatat would be eaten. How do you know that even any Kodesh HaKodeshim, any one of the korbanot that's not allowed to leave the Beit HaMikdash, even Kodesh HaKodeshim, like a regular chatat, that the Kohanim eat it, they eat it at the Beit HaMikdash. They don't bring it home. Right? Right. And Kodashim Kalim, actually the meat of Kodashim Kalim can be eaten anywhere in Jerusalem. But the Emurin, the part that goes on the, uh, on the Mizbeach, obviously is not allowed to leave the Beit HaMikdash. So therefore, how do you know that if one of them becomes Pasul, you also burn it? Talmud Lomar, Bakodesh Beish Tesarev. That's why the Pasuk Bakodesh there tells you that anything that is going to be, uh, that it becomes invalid or is not allowed to be eaten is burnt on the premises of the Beit HaMikdash. Okay? That's the, so therefore that word Bakodesh Tesarev can't be coming to tell us that this idea of burning prohibited stuff only applies, uh, doesn't apply to, uh, uh, to, I don't know, Chametz on Pesach or, uh, or uh, any other prohibited food. That can't be because we need it for something else. Amar Le Rabbi Yonatan. So he says, Amar Le Rabbi Yonatan Wabach Mehai Kwak Amala. That Rabbi Yonatan, your, your teacher, learned it from this Pasuk. Vim Yivater Mi Besara Miluim Umina Lechem Adaboker. That if, if, uh, if the uh, meat of the miluim, of the korban, or the bread is left over till the morning, and the end of that pasuk, as if it's left over, you should burn what's left over in fire. It should not be eaten because it's holy. So what do you see from that? You see from that, why does it have to say you're not allowed to eat it? We already know that. It's left over. Right? So the, uh, because it didn't have to say that, because, um, because really, and, oh, and it gives the context that the person speaking to Rabbi Shmuel Ban Nachmani is actually, uh, it says here, Hahume Rabbanan said back, in other words, that rabbi that originally started the conversation said to Rabbi Shmuel Ban Nachmani that uh, Rabbi Yonatan ha- brought this concept that, co- that uh, there's an Isur Hana'ah for everything, right? So he said, uh, this is Rashi there says, Hahume Rabbanan Rabbi Shmuel Banachmani, the Akshele Hakushia Rabbi Yonatan Wabach Nami, Lohabam Maite Isurhana Alekolisuin Mi Bakodesh Beish Tesarev. Right? He wouldn't have brought it from the Pasuk that you brought it from. Ela Mehai Kamalu. He learned it from the following Pasuk, from this Pasuk that we're reading now. In other words, not from the Pasuk that Rabbi Shmuel Banachmani was, uh, was claiming. Okay? So now he says, uh, so that's talking about the leftovers. If you don't need it for itself, 
because you already see that you're burning it in fire. So obviously you can't eat it. So it must be coming to apply to all prohibitions of the Torah. And since we don't need a prohibition of eating, it gives you the prohibition of benefit. In other words, there's an extra phrase here that says the leftovers from these korbanot cannot be eaten. We don't really need it because we know we're burning them anyway. So therefore, that extra phrase is coming to apply to all other prohibitions. Okay, but it only says not to eat it. So, yeah, but since you don't need to know that about the other prohibitions, we're adding a level to all the other prohibitions. Again, it seems kind of arbitrary. You're just taking this pasuk that has nothing to do with uh, any of the other prohibitions, and you're adding it to every other prohibition of the Torah. Okay, we have the same question we had before. Well, since here we're talking about something that has to be burnt, maybe that should apply to all prohibitions of Torah. That's why the Pasuk specifies that only the notar, only the extra korban has to be burnt. But what we're using this Pasuk to teach about all other things is not burning, it's just prohibition of hana'ah, of benefit. But is that really true? That the word lo yachelir is meant to be applied to every prohibition in the Torah and to amplify every prohibition in the Torah. It's used for something else. What Rabbi Elazar said. Lo yachel ki kodeshu. That Rabbi Elazar said that we need this pasuk to tell you that any pasul thing in Kodesh, any pasul thing in the Korban, is prohibited to be eaten. Now Rashi says, That there is a negative commandment against eating pigul, or yotze, something that leaves the Bet HaMikdash premises and is not allowed to, right, or, and so on. Things that become pasul, pasul korbanot you're not allowed to eat, because it never actually says you're not allowed to eat pasul korbanot. It only says that you're not allowed to eat tabe korbanot. It never says pasul. It says any, any pasul thing you're not allowed to eat. So that's what we use the word lo yachel ki kodeshu. That's what, that's what the, the, uh, the pasuk comes to teach you when here it says, uh, not to teach you that everything else in the Torah is, uh, has a prohibition of benefit, but to teach you that all things that become pasul, that are korbanot, are not allowed to be eaten. So you can't use, it's not extra. If you have an extra phrase that you have no purpose for, maybe you have the freedom to apply it wherever you want, but this is not free. Let's go back to the original pasuk. Okay, the original, original pasuk that was suggested, right, where it said, that any chatat, that the blood is brought into the Kodesh, has to be burnt. Let's go back to that pasuk, says Abayi. And the epuch, and turn it around. Really, the Torah should have just said, because what did we say before? We said before, when, when it introduced it, it said, since it says, uh, 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 right? You don't need the Ba'esh Tesarev, it's extra. So that's coming to teach you, because we already knew that, that you have to burn the Chatat, so uh, it must apply to every other prohibition. He's saying, no, 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 that's not it. It says, let it say burn it in fire, that's fine. It didn't have to say that it can't be eaten, because it already says it has to be burnt. That's the extra word. Since we don't need that pasuk to tell you that you can't eat the korban, since the korban that has to be burnt anyway, of course it can't be eaten because Rabbi Elazar just said that anything that is condemned and has to be burnt is not allowed to be eaten, so we don't need the word lotayachel. So it's we're going to use that extra verse, that extra phrase that tells you not to eat a chatat that is going to be burnt, and we're going to say it applies to everything else. Since we don't need a prohibition of eating, we're going to use it to expand everything to a prohibition of benefit. And again, you can ask, why not? Why then don't you have to burn 
every prohibited thing in the Torah. Amarka hanotar, because it says the notar has to be burnt, the leftover korban. Hanotar b'srefa, then kol yisrein shabat Torah b'srefa. That means that the notar has to be burnt, but not everything else. So, in other words, basically, they're looking for an extra pasuk of prohibition that they can then say is going to amplify everything to the level of prohibition of benefit. Okay, so now he's now Abaye is saying it's the word lote achil that the that the chatat has to be burnt and not eaten. Okay, that how do you know that that lote achil is coming to teach you is is extra? How do you know it's extra? Maybe it's telling you that there's an additional prohibition. There's a lota say to eat the korban chatat that is supposed to be burnt. Maybe it's an additional prohibition, in addition to what Rabbi Elazar said. Because really, Rabbi Elazar is suggesting it's called lav shebechlalut, which means a general prohibition. Whenever you have a prohibition that is not specific, it's too general, like anything that's holy that's condemned, you can't eat. It's not, it's not hammered down to the specifics. You cannot give somebody makot for that. It's too general. Okay, so he's saying here it would be too general. So maybe the reason why the Torah has to say specifically lo te'achil is so that you can hold them responsible, right? El Amar Papa says no. Me'acha, this is where we should learn. This is the extra pasuk, not that one. It says any meat that touches something tamei, right? Lo yachel, it can't be eaten. It has to be burnt. That's talking about again the meat of korbanot. Why do it, the Torah doesn't have to tell you not to eat the meat of a korban that becomes tamei? Doesn't have to tell you because matal mulamar lo yachel imenu inyan gufod anafkale mikal v'chomer imaser akal. Because why do, why don't you need it? Why is it superfluous? Because I even maser sheni maser sheni that you bring to Jerusalem, you're not allowed to eat it when it's tamei or when you're tamei. You're not allowed to. And so it's a kalvachomer. If with maser you're not allowed to have it when it's tamei, so certainly the strict korban, if you're tamei or it's tamei, you can't eat it, right? If it's tamei, it's really talking about here because if you're tamei, it's clear, right? The Torah says many times, if the meat is tamei, you can't eat it. So the point is that statement that you can't eat it is extra. So, and maybe you'll tell me that would be bad because that would be called in mazirin minadid. Because whenever you learn a prohibition from a kalvachomer or any other logic, you cannot hold the person responsible for it either. Meaning you can't punish them for it. In mazirin minadid, I'll say no. It compares maaser to bechorot, to the korbanot. It's showing you that these are all the same. Okay, so therefore, since, there, since there's a hekesh in the pasuk connecting all of them, so therefore we don't need a special pasuk to tell you that you can't eat the korban that became tamay, because they're all on the same level. If that's true, So again, we're going to take that extra word, extra phrase, we're going to apply it to all the prohibitions of the Torah, and since we don't need it to tell us, let's say, that chametz is asur to eat, so it's telling us that it's a sort of benefit from. So maybe you'll say all prohibited things in the Torah need to be burnt. No, That's why the Pazuk says, no, only the leftover korban has to be burnt. Which means that notar is burnt, but everything else is not burnt. And that's the, that is the way that he learns it. So the point is that they're all trying to find an extra Pasuk in the context of korbanot that describes some prohibition of eating that they can say isn't necessary and then say what it actually does is amplify and raise the level of the prohibition everywhere else besides the context that it's in because it's not necessary. Now, Wait a second. 
Why can't you just say that the reason for this extra pasuk is to make it a double violation? How do you know that it's ex- extra? Maybe it's to give you a double violation like we had elsewhere. Because, for example, uh, because uh, Didn't Abaye say, well, it's a masachet makot. Right, that if a person eats something which is uh, a, a, a called a potita, which is a sheretzamayim, something that goes in the in the water, okay, there are four makot for that, meaning there are four separate violations incurred by a person who does that. And Rashi explains because one prohibition is mentioned sheretzamayim in vaikra, one is in in the um, in the uh, in the book of Dvarim, and then there's one that says shkatzim in general. Okay, so meaning there are there are four different places where the Torah discusses not in two where it talks generally about not eating sheretz uh, and two where it talks about sheretz amayim. So that's four. And if a person ate this thing, if he ate nimala, so that's five. Why? Because there are two psukim that say you can't eat any sheretz, and one talks about sheretz hashoretz ala aretz. There are five psukim in that case that apply. And then with the tzira, it's also sheretz of. It also goes on the ground and it also flies. So there's another pasuk for that. So the point is that, there are, that the more prohibitions you have, the more liability there is, right? There's actually a machloket about whether it actually means that you give him more makot or it just means that he committed more violations. But the point is that there's no problem with having extra violations on something. Maybe it's just an extra violation. He said, Amale, interesting answer. We always go for, we would rather learn something new from a pasuk than say that it's just reiterating and adding a prohibition that's already there. In other words, rather than say this is an additional prohibition on top of the prohibition, we'd always rather learn something new if we can't. And so therefore we're going to say that it's adding an isur hana'ah to every other prohibition in the Torah rather than just reiterating something that's already prohibited. Right? Uh, so, the, so the question is, what is the the basar? Vahabasar shi gabuchol tamelo yachel. The question is, why do you need? So Rashi says, hashtad amre damakra lav damakra lav lugufeyata. Since you're telling me this pasuk isn't necessary for itself, because really we would know that you can't eat meat of a korban that became tamei, because even maaser you can't eat if it became tamei. So then, what's the point of it? Well, so then it says, so it says tenach vaashir yigabuchol tamei vehabasar lamali. Why does it have to say vehabasar meat? Then it should just say anything that became tamei, don't eat it. So it says lerabot etzim ulvona, and it's telling you, it's telling you that if you eat the wood or you eat the uh, levona, also it's uh, you're not allowed. If it became tamei, you also can't eat those things. Okay. Now what about the end of the pasuk that says vabasar kol yochal basar? It emphasizes, but the meat. Any the, anyone taor can eat the meat. So the sefer lamali, what do you need it for? The robot emurin. It's to include emurin that if the the parts of the korban that went onto the that went onto the mizbeach became tamei, okay, then uh, th- th- that's also that's also subject to the prohibition. So he says Rashi explains. Okay, so he says at the bottom the robot emurin shim nitmeu if they became tamei va'achalan taor she'avor aleihen mishum bet lavin. 
right? It says, first of all, nobody can eat the Amorin. Nobody's allowed to eat the part that goes on the Mizbech. So that's one violation. But still, because it's Tameh, you get a double violation of eating a Korban that is Tameh. Okay? Then it says, Are you kidding? That's where they get the idea that the parts of the Korban that, uh, that go on the Mizbech are subject to the rule of, of Tum'ah. We learn it from somewhere else. It says over there that somebody who eats from the Korban of Hashem, and we said Asher Lashem comes to include at the Emorin, even the parts that you're not supposed to eat. But of course, it's two different things. Okay, over there it was talking about Tumataguf. It's talking about the person is Tameh and they're eating a part of the Korban. So the point was that even if they eat a part of the Korban that isn't normally edible to a person, it's supposed to go on the Mizbech, they still are in violation. Here we're talking about Tumat basar, that if the meat of the Korban becomes Tameh, you're not allowed to eat it. And even if the parts of the Korban that are normally on the Mizbech become Tameh, you're not allowed to eat them. Okay? Two different prohibitions. But the point is that we have all these Sukim covered now. All the prohibitions of the Torah, you don't get makot them unless you ate them in the normal way. Okay? Derech achilatan. Now Rashi says, Elim ken achal achilatan means that you have to eat them normally. Okay? What does it come to exclude? If you ate raw fat of the animal, chalev is prohibited. Right? But it wouldn't be normal to eat it to eat it raw, right? So Rashi says, right? He says, normally you would either burn it or you would put it on leather or something like that. He says, you wouldn't eat it. Definitely you would not be eating it raw. Maybe sometimes you cook it in something, but it, when it's in its raw state, you might use it for some other, uh, some other purpose, but you would never drink it raw. Huh? No, he's saying it's well. It's saying it's abnormal to do it, so it's an abnormal action. So you're not going to be considered eating. You're not allowed to do it, but you won't get makot for that because it's abnormal. It has to be normal. They would use it to burn it to for fire. That they were allowed to do. Yeah. That they said that it wasn't achilatan, but hanaatan. That you're only that prohibitions of the Torah, you only get makot if you did it in the normal way of benefiting. That if you took the fat of the shora niskal, of the, uh, the ox that was stoned, and you took it and you put it on your wound, that you are exempt. And definitely if you ate rochelev, you'd be patron. In other words, he's taking it to another level. He's saying that the benefit is... Uh, that if, over there where you're not allowed to benefit from the item, it has to be a normal benefit and it's not considered normal to put uh, fat on your, on your wound. It doesn't mean anything. Sure, yeah? Right? It's some kind of a... What? Still a sword to put on your It's saying you shouldn't benefit. It's saying enlokin. Enlokin right. means you don't, get, you don't get makot. It doesn't mean you're allowed to... It's not a normal way to benefit from it, so therefore you're not going to get makot from doing the weird thing that you decided to put, uh, uh, you know, chelev on your wound. It's not. It's not normal. 
Right, the normal benefit, of, right, the normal benefit is to burn it for, for light or to put it on your, uh, orot, it says to, to, uh, uh, to uh, shine the uh, skins or something like that, but not to put it on your body. We also learned this. We learned that you're only liable for orla, for the fruit of the first three years, um, if you have derivatives from them, like juices, only the juices of olives or grapes that are orla. Okay, but if you took the juice of berries or of figs or of pomegranates, they, they didn't eat that back then. That wasn't the, considered the essence of the fruit, right? So, because you're eating the fruit in an abnormal way. That wasn't the normal way to eat berries is not to squeeze it and drink the juice. It's to eat the berry. It's normal. It's considered part of the essence of what a grape is that you extract juice from it or an olive that you squeeze oil out of it. So that's considered like eating the, the fruit itself, but drink squeezing out the pomegranate and drinking the juice, you know, some people probably do that. They probably squish it and drink it out of the bottom of the bowl or something like that. I'm sure people do that, right? But that's considered not their chanatat. No, you're also, if you drink the juice, it's saying even the juice, even the juice, even the juice. Yeah, yeah, of course you can't eat it. Yeah, yeah meaning that you can't say that the juice of the, of the grape is like uh, strange to drink the juice of the grape. It's not strange, that's normal. Right? There, things would change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, nowadays some people argue that some of these halachol are different because like with orange juice they actually... Huh? Right, because they... Yeah, it's the same thing because they, they actually now do have like entire groves of oranges that are for orange juice and stuff like that. It's different. Anyway, but they didn't do that back then. So, there are some people that say that. Amalei Abba Yabai said, I would believe, he said, if that Mishnah were talking about where you ate the fruit in an unusual way, you would have a point. But he says, but that's not the thing. He says, The reason why juice from the pomegranate or juice from the berries is not considered eating the fruit, it's not because it's an unusual way of benefiting from the fruit. It's because that's not considered the substance of the fruit. It's considered, it says Ze'ab Alma, it's considered the sweat of the fruit. It's not, see, when you extract from the grape its juice or from the olive its oil, that's considered the essence of the fruit that you're extracting because that's one of the reasons that people plant grapes and they plant uh, olives. But when it comes to berries and it comes to pomegranates and so on, that's considered like, yeah, it figs. It's not considered to be the main use of the fruit. So it's like you're not even eating from the fruit. So that's the whole point. According to the, the way that uh, was originally suggested, what, uh, what initially Rabbi Zerah was saying was that, oh, squeezing out the juice, the reason why you're not liable is because it's not ato. it's not the normal way. And Abai says, it's not because it's not the normal way to drink berry, let's say, to drink pomegranate is not the normal way. That's not the reason. It's because the juice is not considered the fruit. Okay? And that's why. So, but if you showed me a case where somebody drank a food... That would also be, uh, that maybe that would be a good example. Like if you crushed it, if you pulverized it into a goop and you drank it, maybe that would be more of an example than, a, uh, than, than this example. So, Bezor Hashem, we'll continue from here. <laughs>